Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jeff McAlino podcast, and thank you, listeners. Uh, we are now top 10% globally as far as podcast rankings go, or listens, or however they measure it. I don't really know, but according to Listen Notes, which updates uh, once a month, uh, we're now in the top 10% globally, and uh, I just so happened to know that we were not last month, so thank you all. Uh as we uh, have reached six months with this podcast, um, things are going better than I anticipated. So uh, that's because you listen and hopefully you share and, uh, you know, comment, uh, shoot me comments, whether it be on social media or privately. Uh, I've got a website now. Uh, you can contact me through that, although it seems like all those go to my spam f- folder. So you might have a slight delay until I figure that out. Um Anyways, got a good episode coming up with Trenton Hudson. He uh, is a comedian. He and his brothers have produced several cartoons. They've worked with Comedy Central, Showtime. Uh, They are potentially pitching something with Netflix here shortly. We'll see and uh, follow how things go for him. He and his brothers do uh, riot comedy. Uh, He's also a stand-up, so we talk about that, uh, you know, anytime that comes up, uh, we touch into cancel culture a little unique i think uh you know not not necessarily the normal discussion uh on that and then of course he also uh well i don't know why i would say of course because this is not a common thing he also owns his uh own coffee company that makes a uh healthier alternative out of date seeds he can't do caffeine almost said cocaine he probably can't do that either (laughs) He can't do caffeine because he had a heart attack at age 20, and we do talk about that as well. And I asked him what the heart attack felt like because for some reason I ask that question. I think most times I'm talking to someone who's had a heart attack. Anyways, hope you enjoy. I'll see you on the flip side or the end of the episode. I think that would be the flip side. I don't know. Enjoy. All right, and now I welcome Trenton Hudson to the Jeff McAlino podcast. How are you? I'm excellent, Jeff. Appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll apologize in advance. I heard thunder like two minutes ago. Uh, it's nature of the beast living in uh, Florida. <laughs> man, I, I, I miss hearing thunder, man. Like, I, so I live in Southern California now, and we don't really. It almost almost never rains where I live. I live in LA. And never get thunderstorms where I live. Like, we get them inland a little bit, but I grew up in Missouri, and so I miss it, you know, kind of raining. And But I, I, at the same time, I do like it that it hardly ever rains out here. But I could, I could just use a little bit more and a, and a good good thunderstorm to go out and storm watch, you know. <laughs> it was, there was some gnarly lightning, like, in the sky for, like, it was probably like two seconds, but it seemed for like an eternity when lightning actually like freezes oh, yeah. in the sky. Uh, uh, gosh, that was probably two weeks ago because I was going to my friend's birthday party, and uh, oh, uh, and that's funny because you guys can you have birthday parties in Los Angeles? <laughs> that- uh, there's, I mean, it's more like recommendations. Everyone is still pretty much living their life out here, and traffic is back and crazy again. 
Oh, good. And, like, <laughs> not not traffic, but... <laughs> <laughs> right, but, but back to... That things are kind of back to normal. But yeah, I mean, pretty much everyone's out here living their life. I mean, the only thing that's really different from other places I've been lately is, like, mask uh, mandates. Um, but yeah, aside from that, I mean, everyone's doing their doing whatever they want here. Um, no one cares. <laughs> good, no one right. Cares. I think that's mostly good. It's, it's, it's normal, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean... I don't know. My my whole thing is, I don't know how long how long can we go on like this, you know? And, and also, I don't know. I think everyone needs to make their own decision. Like, if you kind of feel threatened by COVID and you want to stay home, then hey, I support your decision. And especially that that's just less people on the road and not the same place as I am out here. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm all for it, man. If you want to stay home, I was uh, I got COVID in July, and I was of sick. this year or 2020 uh, of this year. Okay. And as far as I know, it was the first time I got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had it last August, August 2020. Yeah. Did, did you have much? I, I didn't have many. Yeah, I had a fever for two days, and I actually got good night's sleep for two or three nights, which is very rare for me. So I'm like, overall, I'd recommend it. But I know, obviously. You know what, man? <laughs> I, 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 uh, I had a friend who got it, and she was sick and, like, worn out for, like, a month and, like, couldn't even take care of herself. Mm. Um, my mom, my mom almost died. She was on the ventilator. Um, oh, really? Recovery though, she's cool. Uh, yeah, she had it like April 2020, so right at the beginning, whatever. Oh gosh, and they knew you know, nothing like, about it. Knew, back knew then. What the hell? Yeah, but yeah, honestly, man, I had it last August, and honestly, com- easiest sickness I've ever dealt with in my adult life. Um, normally, I get sick, and I'm sick for a good three, four days, and it's like I have a whole day of just being super sick and like runny nose to where you it doesn't matter if you, you're just screwed you know but honestly man my covid experience was i was super tired for two days and day two i had a like congestion on one side and i even told my brother i was like man i feel like i'm gonna wake up feeling so bad tomorrow and then i felt great the next day and the day after that i was 100 percent. so i was literally two days of being tired and slight congestion but not not bad at all and um yeah so i i got i got lucky because easiest sickness i'd ever dealt with i take COVID over every other sickness i've ever had in my adult life honestly man that that's and it's crazy how different it impacts people but that was exactly with me it's like i slept for six to eight hours for two or three nights in a row that's unheard of that's awesome (laughs) i'm refreshed (laughs) so I, i woke up on a thursday morning with COVID. And I remember I knew there was something wrong with me immediately. I didn't feel bad, but I slept three hours more than I normally do and slept straight and was still tired when I woke up. I was exhausted. And so I slept like about 10 and a half hours straight. Wow. Woke up. Yeah. Woke up just exhausted. Couldn't, couldn't work up the strength to do anything. And, but yeah, I mean, aside from that, couple days after that i was i was back normal and doing pretty solid so yeah like you said it's crazy how it just affects everyone so differently but i don't know it's an odd thing yeah no and i'm i'm actually lucky or society's lucky i guess that i wouldn't have even gotten tested uh or anything like that except my son mm-hmm. uh when he woke up i was a little congested and i didn't realize I just, I had some body soreness from having a fever and my son, I, I made, I gave him a bagel. He took a bite and he said, this tastes disgusting. And I'm like, 
that's weird. And he refused yeah. to eat all day. And I'm like, I, I, this, this might be a thing. <laughs> so I, I never would have bothered getting tested or anything. Not that I go all that many places, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad if, if not for him kind of ringing the bells, I would have been out and about instead of it, you know, sitting, sitting at home locked in with my yeah, son yeah. for a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's, and it's so crazy now, like, a week ago I had a sore throat and I'm like man I, I can't like as long as I don't have COVID I'm cool because I got shit to do you know oh, right. it's, like, it's like I got shit to do so and, and my girl was dealing with the same thing for about 10 days and she got two COVID tests and they came, both came back negative and I got a COVID test and it came back negative so I'm like alright cool if three tests all negative between the two of us like I'm, I'm should be good to go and um, yeah luckily you know I was but yeah, if, if it wasn't like COVID, I wouldn't even have thought anything of it. I was like, oh yeah, a little sore throat for a couple of days. Right. This, is, this is nothing. This is kind of just like typical with, you know, whatever. Just It just happens. But yeah, COVID kind of changes everything. And you just got to like kind of be careful. And I'm not like super careful for my own sake. Because um, I feel like, you know, I had COVID. I got vaccinated. I feel like I'm good to go. But now it's like. Damn, I, I mean, I guess I'll wear my mask so other people, just in case, because I do be out and about, um, not a lot, but a decent amount. So I don't want to, you know, be responsible for someone else. And especially, like, my girl, like, we see her family and stuff, and she's got, like, little nieces and nephews that are young. And and so, and she also has a sister who's immunocompromised, so you got to mm. be careful on people like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't really been careful for my own sake at all. <laughs> I've just been yeah. living my life and then being careful when I think I need to be careful. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's got to be the way that, I mean, young, healthy people, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, I, I, don't, I don't mind wearing a mask for other people, but I'm not, I'm not sitting at home in lockdown all year long. No way. No, I, I'll still get, there's two things that have cracked me up, just observationally. And, uh... And uh, uh, I, I I hesitate to bring it up because I've even thought of of making like stand up jokes out of it. It's like ah, I don't want to do COVID stuff. Yeah. Um, but two things that observationally, one is I I crack up every time I pass someone in a car wearing a mask with nobody else, and the windows <laughs> Man, are up. It's same. like, isn't that uncomfortable? I, I aggressively hate wearing a mask. Just mm. it's uncomfortable. My yeah. breath doesn't smell great ever. I think it's the coffee. We'll we'll talk about coffee more soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for a while, I had a beard like a little longer than yours, and then it's just like a pain in the ass to wear a mask over, so I had to take yes. it down. And it's just like, well, it's I don't awful. think it's effective when you have a, a beard either. <laughs> I think it's like the, you know you you have gaps and stuff. Yeah. And the thing that cracks me up the most, so I'm a I'm a Saints fan. Yeah. And uh, and I have no problem with their, so you need a vaccine or a negative COVID test. I don't think having a negative COVID test to go to a game is a big deal, but we, we yeah. don't need to get deep into it. But my the thing that cracked me up is it's like, you need to wear a mask unless you're eating or drinking. I'm like, then is it really, what is it doing exactly if, if you're just doing this constantly <laughs> every time? Oh, I'm going to have another sip of beer. <laughs> oh, I'm going to scream. Oh, mask back up. Yeah. It's like if you if you went in a poisonous uh, gas chamber and they said, mm-hmm. "Here's a gas mask, but take it off when you eat or drink." Well, then the gas is probably not poisonous. 
But you know, it's it seems. Well, I, I think I think a big part of it is <laughs> it's different than spraying a whole gas of COVID in the room versus sure. like a poisonous chamber. But I think honestly, the bigger part of it is like the economy. Like we can't have every single restaurant closed, every single business closed. So I think you know, especially because most restaurants are like mom and pop spots, right? And so. Right. If, if you want to if you want to close down like i don't know chili's applebee's like they're gonna be okay right like they're not sweating for money but like these mom and pop spots like to, they had to be closed for months so i think a big part of it was just you know we got to get these people back open so just do it, it's probably better to wear a mask for 10 minutes in between eating and drinking versus wearing a mask no minutes i, I would guess I don't, i'm not a scientist but I, that just because kind of what makes sense to me yeah, it, it's just, it, it seems it's like, uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> no, no one does, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, fun, it's, it's, it's funny to me, and I like, I like our conversation, because we're like, uh, we're not scientists, I don't know, it's not my job. <laughs> uh, and, but that's, that's how more people should be. It's funny how many people are like, well, it's science. Well, wait, but are you a scientist? Don't define science. You're not. <laughs> yeah, None of us know, know what we're gotta, talking about. <laughs> you you got to find a balance of like what's logical and, you know, and and also, you know, especially during the first whole year of this, like this this is a new virus. This is like like we people expect, oh, it's 2020. We should have the answers for everything. It's like, yeah, but we don't cuz <laughs> if we did, we, we never would have heard of COVID. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, so it's it's like even the scientists are trying to figure this out people think like science like you just people hear science and they're like oh well they should have the answer now because it's science and it's like this takes like a ton of testing and like research to do so you know it, it takes months and months and months to figure out anything new in, in the science world um so yeah i think people just have too high expectations i know our scientists and our human capabilities are like almost mind-blowing how smart we are as a species but at the same time it's like this is still something we don't have any idea about so we gotta you know learn what we can and and, but yeah you know you get on social media and regardless of whether what side someone's on they got all the answers and it's like yeah i don't think you did any research uh, yourself i don't think you were in a lab looking at this virus under a microscope and seeing how it interacts with things (laughs) (laughs) yeah you you saw someone else's tweet and you said i'm gonna ride with this (laughs) Exactly, all that. Or, or, or you watch some shitty YouTube video of someone, you know, who is basically the same person as you who's not a scientist, who's just a, right. just a regular Joe that, you know, didn't even pass science in high school probably, and they got, they're got they the ones who got all the answers. And it's like, how do we... <laughs> so I'm just kind of like staying out of it on social media. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, and, honestly, I, and honestly, I don't care. Um, I mean, I care for like society as a whole and the people at large but at the same time it's like you don't want to wear a mask if you don't want to get vaccinated that's cool but i can't have any sympathy for you if something happens to you if you were like anti all this stuff um but yeah i mean i don't really care that's that's your life if you don't want to do it then then don't do it i don't i think like there's there's too much shaming on both sides it's like yes the maskers are like shaming the anti-maskers and the anti-maskers are like you all are sheep you believe everything you're told and it's like 
well, first of all, everyone believes everything they're told. It just matters who's telling you what. Oh, right. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and, but yeah, it's, it's, it's too much of the, of the back and forth. And it's like, man, <laughs> none of y'all actually know, but. My, my biggest thing is, is, is I'm always like, well, anything a politician says is a lie. But they say both things, so uh, I don't know. <laughs> There's some truth somewhere, but it's not what either party is saying. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. That, that's what, that's what like, is so hard about navigating this political climate we live now is because, like, it, it's such a – it's tougher to determine what's truth and what isn't because everyone knows all politicians lie. I think the funny thing is is that, like, whenever you see somebody on one side being like, the other side's a bunch of liars, they're doing this and this and this, and it's like – they're doing the same thing though just yeah. from a different angle yeah like they're literally the same you know and it's like neither side really cares about the citizens at large so no no that's the thing why, they they hate why, each other in know, the public in private they shake hands yeah. they're hanging out <laughs> they're cool oh, definitely 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 absolutely and so it's <laughs> i don't know it's like I, I see it on both sides of people being on this high horse so you know and it's like we're all on the same horse and so we should just, you know, not worry too much about politicians and be be more neighborly. You remember when people used to be neighborly and like do stuff for each other? And now everyone's like, "Fuck you, it's every man for himself." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you're not with me, you're against me. That's yeah, that's yeah, the that's worst. The it's like, yeah, it's like, no, <laughs> not really. <laughs> I'm trying to not be with anybody, so I don't have to be against them. I'm just trying to walk down the middle line and make jokes about it honestly yeah yeah right no the joke is i don't give a shit about any of y'all <laughs> yeah it's like I'm, I'm not gonna try to talk anyone into getting the vaccine or wearing a mask or doing this or that it's like your life do you i don't care um but yeah you mentioned earlier like you didn't want to make any covid jokes i've been writing a lot of stand-up during the pandemic and i haven't done any covid stuff um i've, I've just been writing jokes that are like i know we're gonna be always funny and stand the test of time yeah and and, and also like we're already we're damn near into 2022 already and they're like close enough to say damn near like we're yeah way more than half over for this year so i think li- literally by the halfway through 2022 or at the end of it for sure people are going to be tired of covid jokes oh yeah like they're, they're just not gonna want to hear that it's, it's like it's like the trump thing in like 2016 whenever everyone was making trump jokes and it's like like Y'all ain't tired of this shit yet. Y'all ain't y'all couldn't come up with nothing new besides this. It is some some comedians got very lazy, uh, especially ones that have late night shows on uh, certain networks. Couldn't um, agree more. <laughs> it, it's just like okay, I get it. I think Trump's an ass too, but can we talk about something else? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like man, it's like I, I don't care. If I agree with you or not, it's just I get tired of hearing the same the same things over and over and over. And it's like, and like you said, they got lazy. And you know, not only were they talking about Trump over and over and over, but it's like you you weren't even coming with like well thought out material. No, no, <laughs> See, just that's the thing. Orange jokes. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. If you're coming with well thought out material, then I, then I can get past the same topic. But you know, they're they're doing like tired recycled stuff that the other late night show host did a day ago. And you know, talking about just the same the same things people are talking about on Twitter, and they're like really not. You know, there's there's no substance, no creativity, and like it's lazy, like you said. It's you know, it's just we're we're over that now. Yeah, no, and I I think uh, luckily, and I don't know how much uh, I don't know if you've been able to do stand up because I don't know with comedy club. I know comedy clubs there were closed for a while at least. 
Uh, he, yeah, they just opened back pretty recently, like within the last month and a half or so, probably. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think ours were closed for like a month <laughs> in Florida. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I know a lot of comedians who moved to Florida because, and they were, were in L.A., and they're like, man, I'm out of here. I ain't, I ain't got time for this. It uh, well, yeah. I mean, they, there was a lot. I, I, Joe Rogan, obviously, yeah, he went to Austin, Texas, but uh, yeah, I know there was a, a migration from L.A. and uh, and New York, which to me is exciting. It might not be great, or it might be great in L.A. because it opens up a little more for yeah for other people. Um, it's great for me because I you know I have two young kids going to school. I'm never going to move to L.A. or New York, so yeah. it's like well good we don't need it just to be stand-up is kind of a universal thing it just yeah anywhere you can put a stage and a microphone you can do stand-up definitely (laughs) but you you still need that like strong core and and, like a handful of like well-known comedy clubs but i I don't know what the comedy scene is like in florida but i do know that whatever it looked like pre-covid it looks better now oh i yeah i would say so I think you know, it, it, it seems like better uh, better acts are coming in more frequently. Yeah, because yeah. especially early this year, or in late last year, when there wasn't really many other places to go. Yeah, yeah. So what? Um, so let's talk about you you a little bit. Your your background. Um, I like. Well, there's a ton of things I want to talk about, but. <laughs> um, Let's talk about uh, Riot Comedy. That's the cartoons, right? Yeah, yeah. So me and my brothers, we started this a little while back. We actually started making cartoons in uh, 2015. And um, so we, we literally just decided, like, we wanted to make cartoons and started doing it. Like, we didn't have any background in animation or show writing or, like, nothing. We just knew how to be funny from talking shit to one another growing up. And <clears throat> so... We decided we're going to do it, started doing a little research and like what uh, software should we use to animate this and that. And like we, we were struggling at the time, like we were all bartending and, you know, not, not far removed from college and whatnot. And uh, so we, we got <laughs> we got a Best Buy credit card, <laughs> maxed it out, bought some computers, stole our software online <laughs> and started putting <laughs> cartoons on YouTube. And uh like things like started moving for us really fast because we were you know putting out content twice a week every week and and you know staying on topic with current events um so it started to kind of blow up pretty fast and like like six months after we started doing stuff on youtube we had a meeting with comedy central and we flew out to la to meet him from missouri and two months after that we dropped our first episode with him and then two months after that we all moved out here um and that was such a fun experience getting to work with them and, you know, continue our YouTube show with them. Um, it's actually this show right here on my wall called The Lounge. Um, it's funny, like, you go back and watch the YouTube stuff and the jokes are funny and the topics are kind of funny, but it's like, damn, these dudes don't know what they're doing. <laughs> it's like, it, it doesn't flow right. The animation is so bad. And then, you know, after working with Comedy Central, like, it just took everything, like, ten levels up, right? Um Hey, the but, South Park you know, guys didn't know what they were doing in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You just you just jump into things and you figure it out as you go. And I think that's the best way to do it, honestly, because um, otherwise you take too long. It's like if we would have taken you know another you know five to six months to learn how to do it right, then you know we we would have missed out on all that all that feedback from fans, all the um, the, the the learning curve 
what would have been slower, right? And then, you know, who knows if we end up working with Comedy Central, who knows how long that takes. So I think, you know, the better, the, the faster you can start something, the better. And then, you know, like doing all that, it's led to so many opportunities for us. And, you know, we did uh, this show online for a while called Real Ballers. Yeah, I watched a lot of those. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah, we just made fun of the the nonstop drama news cycle, right? And just making fun of the players and everything. Um, You know, we did like some uh, stuff with LOL Network for their Def Comedy Jam. We did some animated skits of that. Um, We did some stuff with uh, Showtime for their uh, All the Smoke podcast with uh, Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. And then lately, we've just been, you know, putting all of our energy into packaging up like full length for TV shows and, um, you know, trying to package that together and have have a half hour comedy on TV. We actually uh, we have a pitch with Netflix in like a month and to pitch one of our shows. That one's I'm really looking forward to that. You know, we, we have a project we're working on right now that we're trying to sell and we got some like really cool talent on it. Um david ketchner uh, agreed to do a voice for us and so david ketchner if, if you don't know he is um if you've seen uh the office he plays todd packer yeah packer he's also, um <laughs> he's on anchorman right yeah, I-, I love him in the office yeah. that- that's my favorite character he does man he's so funny in there and he's also um he- he's in anchorman he plays um champ kind the guy with the cowboy hat that says whammy yeah but yeah his voice is like perfect for the boss in this show he plays like the head honcho that's like, a big get of and coming to yeah, he's awesome. And then Adam Ray agreed to be on it too. He's doing like one of the main character voices, and he, he's starting to really blow up. He's a really funny comedian. Yeah. Um, he's on he's on Young Rock on ABC. He does yeah, he's really great Vince McMahon, that. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, <clears throat> who else? We're, we're trying to get Nikki Glaser to be on it. She came through and did a voice for us for our sizzle reel we put together that we're trying to pitch. And she said she wants to be a part of it, but she can't like fully commit. She's got a stand up tour coming up soon. But, yeah, that's pretty much what we've been working on as far as, like, the comedy and the cartoons go for the last, you know, little over a year. And, so, yeah, we've been putting our energy into, you know, TV shows. That's what we're trying to do. And then I've been writing a ton of jokes. So I'm going to start doing stand-up again pretty soon um, once, you know, it's a little bit more open here probably because some of the comedy clubs are still doing, like, the virtual shows. And I never did a virtual show during COVID, but I watched a virtual show one time and I was like, hell no nah, i'm not doing this <laughs> I, I, like i'm just gonna spend my time you know work working on the cartoons and building my coffee company and writing quality stand-up jokes that'll stand the test of time because i want to be able to write stuff today that you know if, if i don't if i decide not to perform any stand-up for the next six months to a year because i'm working on other things then i want those jokes to still hit you know um so it's just been more about you know build, building these funnels these getting these avenues um with these you know streaming networks and this and that and building those relationships and yeah but i've, I've been missing stand-up honestly man it's kind of like bugging me a little bit not not being on stage for a while because that that's like <clears throat> one of my first loves i started doing stand-up before i ever started doing cartoons and i haven't done a ton but it was like it's something i love to do but things were started to go really really good like the beginning of 2020 i decided to do stand-up and like really dedicate myself to it and like things started going really well and then covid hit and uh so i just kind of put everything on pause yeah how so you you obviously you've got your your hand in uh well i don't know what analogy i was going for here you've got your foot in a lot of different pools i don't know yeah yeah a couple like i kind of I kind of consider the comedy and the stand-up one pool, even though it's not. It's kind of like two different. It's even two different communities. But, 
you know, a, a big thing I want to do is, you know, let, let's say we sell this show to Netflix, then I can go get comedy bookings like that, like no problem, right? Oh, yeah. If I got a, you know, cartoon on Netflix with, you know, like this producer attached, this talent attached, and, you know, I'm going to co create it's like, it's not a problem for me to get a booking. Um, so, but yeah, in my, my stand up thing has just been more so writing a lot of jokes lately, but. Yeah, the comedy and the coffee, and I, I pretty well stay balanced between that. And I don't really step outside of anything else right now. And um, so, yeah, it's kind of tough to balance, but at the same time with the cartoons, so for Riot Comedy, I got a brother named Dylan who is like a workhorse, like badass motherfucker, gets things done. And I pretty well kind of let him have control of everything, and I'm literally like, tell me what you need and I'll do it. And he does, and, you know, he kind of steers that ship, and I'm um, – kind of like a deckhand right <laughs> I'm, I'm like i i, I kind of took a little bit of a step back in, in the role that i was in and i was like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna let you focus on this um so yeah let me know what you need and then that gave me time to really uh build this coffee company uh last october <clears throat> um so I, yeah it's a coffee we make it out of date seeds um, yeah so how help. how does that work <laughs> just just like coffee roast it grind it and then brew it and you know it's I, I started this coffee company because so i actually had a heart attack when i was 20 and had another one when i was 21 mm. and kind of a freak accident uh had two aneurysms in my heart and so each one of them clotted and that caused each of my heart attacks so wow like the the bottom left part of my heart there's no blood flowing through that main artery that lad but my heart developed arteries around it on its own like before i had my first heart attack kind of sensing something was being blocked so now my heart still has completely normal function um i got super lucky even my cardiologist was like this is like crazy like you're so lucky blessed like it's almost a miracle that your heart sustained damn near no damage from two heart attacks because if you have a heart attack whatever damage your heart sustains that's permanent it never heals mm -hmm. so your heart just kind of has to work through that but yeah i got super lucky there's almost none and so i love coffee and that's kind of where this goes. I love coffee, love the taste, love the smell, love drinking in the morning, but uh, it gives me chest pain. So kind of stumbled across date coffee on accident just by eating dates all the time and throwing away so many seeds. I'm like, there's got to be something I can do with these, you know? Um, turns out you can roast them, turn them into coffee. So I started making it for myself, got tired of making it for myself, wanted to buy it in the store, couldn't find it. And so I started making it. So now it's, it's available for me and other people. <laughs> But I started literally making it, roasting <laughs> roasting coffee in my oven and grinding it up with a blender and selling it. That's wow. how I got started before I could, you know, take a little bit of that money and reinvest it and, you know, buy, buy better bags and make them look really nice. So my first bag was like this janky white paper coffee bag I bought on Amazon. It didn't reseal after you opened it. I just like <laughs> bought it, slapped some white labels on it. Um, I only bought like 50 of them, <laughs> sold those, and then... And then, and then changed it immediately because I was like, I don't like these anymore. These got to go. So, you know, I changed it twice since then. And now I have, like, these really nice decadent gold bags. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a grind, and it still is. But it was, you know, something that, you know, I, I wanted for myself. And I was like, there's got to be other people who want this, too. Like, damn near half of Americans have some sort of heart condition or something like that. It's like 40%, at least. I don't know, maybe more now. But, yeah, so, and then, like, pregnant women shouldn't drink coffee. So this right. is, like, safe for literally everybody. Like, and it's crazy how many health benefits there are. It's great for your digestion, brain health, your skin, um, a hundred other things I'm not even thinking about right now. But, <clears throat> yeah, so it was like, 
this this was exactly what I wanted for myself. So I was just, you know, kind of hoping that or thinking that someone, some other people have to want what I want too with this. Um, and then it, it worked out and it took off even a little bit faster than I thought it would. And things are going really good with it. And for anyone wondering, it's called Korma, K-O-R-M-A. You can go to KormaCoffee.com and check it out. And, you know, it talks about the benefits on there. Um, but yeah, so that was, you know, a the, the heart thing was a big part of my journey and even a big part of the cartoons as well because I've, I've always been a pretty driven person but when you're 20 years old and you're forced to confront mortality right and think like oh shit not only am I gonna die eventually I could die right now yeah <laughs> and and then now like I kind of live and I tell people this all the time that you know right right now you could you could pass out and wake up in a hospital and the doctor's like yeah you have leukemia like that could happen to anybody um so i kind of live my life in in that way that you know um i'm, I'm trying to hurry up and, and do all the things i want to do and be even more driven and make the things happen i want to happen and give back the way i want to give back and you know ha- have uh, some sort of impact on the world before i go and who knows when that's going to be so the the uh korma coffee does Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it has no caffeine. Uh, does it give yeah, nat- you naturally caffeine free? No decaffeinating process involved. Gotcha. So do, does it give you yes. a, the boost? Yeah. Uh, I think so, but it's like it, it's like getting a boost, like waking up in the morning and eating an orange and an apple, right? So you're you're not gonna get like a, a, a buzz. You're not gonna get that from it. Um, it's like natural energy from vitamins and minerals and it's also full of antioxidants uh fiber um mm. so yeah it's i mean it's like getting up and eating and or, or drinking a quick like really healthy breakfast so it gives you energy in that sense but yeah it's not gonna so if you're looking for the caffeine buzz <laughs> you're not gonna get it out of here but you're also not gonna get the jitters and crash right um yeah so which is what i was looking for something no jitters and crash and honestly i, I was never a big caffeine person i drink coffee because i love to taste like Coffee is so good. You throw a little bit of honey and some creamer in there, and that's right up my alley right there. So, yeah, I just wanted something that, that tasted good, that was good for you. And I live, like, a really healthy life as it is, especially, you know, I'm trying to live as long as I can. And heart condition kind of makes you be like, okay, well, there's certain things I got to do, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it was everything I wanted, except, you know, for, for some people, it's going to be most what you want, but if you're not going to... If you're chasing that caffeine high, this ain't it. And you know, I'm, I'm not like going around telling people you should quit drinking coffee. I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, like caffeine's really not that good for you. But you know, there's other studies that say, you know, well, this aspect of coffee is good for you. It's got this, this, and this. And you know, I'm, I'm not here to convince you. I'm, I'm here to offer something for, for people who are looking for it. You know, if you're looking, if whether you can't have it, or maybe you just want to live a healthier lifestyle. You know, whatever it may be. But yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not here to persuade anyone to switch unless you want to. Yeah, no. Hey, it seems to me just thinking, and you can you, you just make it, brew it like normal coffee. I mean, when you buy it, yeah, it, yeah, it, it comes already ground. So you just you just pour it in your coffee maker and make it like normal. We, okay. we also have like on our website if you if you only have a Keurig, we we uh, give away like the free reusable Keurig cups. And so if you only have that, you can just add it to your cart. It doesn't cost anything. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, because so we don't we don't do whole bean because it takes a really powerful grinder to grind up date seeds, even when they're roasted and like pretty like super dry. But, you know, I 
bought a little grinder one time, like a countertop one, and it didn't even think about <laughs> grinding up the daisy. That thing overheated so quick and broke on day one. So I was like, okay, we can never do whole bean. It's going to always have to be ground. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's, it's great. I love it. And my mom loves it too. My mom used to drink a pot of coffee a day. And now she has like one cup and then pushes to the korma. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's healthy. And if, if that's what you're looking for, korma, korma's it. Korma day coffee. I'll uh I'll ch- I'll check it out and I'll link it uh in the show notes. But uh yeah, I'm I'm like a an 8 to 10 cup a day kind of guy. And it's like I it would probably be better like I'm I'm just thinking like, eh, I could mix the cuz I I don't think yeah. it gives me much of a lift, quite honestly. Yeah. I think it's more yeah, of a yeah. habit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Same. And that's kind of what it was for me. Like I like I said I love the taste and I love having like a hot drink whenever it's mm-hmm. not hot outside. Um but yeah, it's uh, it's it's right there. It's but uh, yeah, and, and dude, if I drink eight to ten, you said eight to ten cups. If I drank oh, that yeah. one day, like my chest would, I I'd feel like I was about to die. If I have two or three cups in one day, like even if it's scattered throughout the day, I'm like my my chest feels tight. I can feel my my veins constricted and not my blood not flowing well enough. Yeah, I I I. I think I'm immune to the normal <laughs> side effects of caffeine. Yeah, not, not all not all of us were born with iron hearts like you, man. So, <laughs> yeah. so iron, iron heart and iron liver. That's <laughs> <laughs> I, I got the iron stomach. I can literally eat anything and have like no issues whatsoever. I got a brother who like he, he's got to be so careful about what he eats always. Any anything will set him off and give him give him issues. But yeah, I can eat pretty pretty much anything but glass. <laughs> yeah, see, no, I get, I get heartburn when I when I eat poorly for for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Although some could argue the amount of coffee and alcohol that I drink might be the actual cause, and the food just. <laughs> oh yeah. Also, the date coffee is not acidic, so if you get acid reflux mm. from coffee, date coffee is not going to do that to you. All right. Well, I'm definitely. Uh... <clears throat> and you can order off the website, right? There we go. Shop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll definitely check that out. Um, Are you drinking tea or whiskey right now? Oh, this is whiskey. Oh, nice. I, nice. I bring a uh, a cup with ice, and then I dump the melted water so I can refill without oh, okay, any... Okay, okay. Very nice, very nice. That's that's what's, the most professional... Choice? Uh, I don't know if Me you... Me too, could... that's my go-to always, yeah. Yeah, I want to get them to sponsor the podcast... So I, I, that'd be I, awesome. That'd be awesome. <laughs> it's like you know, give him, give him more shout outs. Like I'm, I'm a crown drinker too. Like that's my go to. I, I love that sweet Canadian whiskey, man. And like even Pendleton's <laughs> really good to me too. Like if it, if it's Canadian, it, as long as it's like not not a twelve dollar bottle of Canadian. If it's even like like eighteen dollars and up, it doesn't even have to be expensive. Yeah, like eighteen dollars and up, it's 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 gonna be good. I'll be honest. Canadian Club is usually what I switch to after like three four drinks. Mm-hmm. It's like. You know, <laughs> yeah. At this point, hey, you know, Canadian are definitely drinkable, though. Yeah. Like, even even like the Seagram, the Seagram's VO is mm-hmm. hella cheap, and it's like definitely drinkable too. Like it, honestly, anything above Canadian Mist is pretty decent. Yeah, that's where I draw the line as well. Actually, that's the one. It's <laughs> yeah. like I, I yeah, can't do it. Same. same. But that, like whiskey, that's for high school kids that are trying to. <laughs> I don't think I've had Canadian Mist since high school, actually. God. Uh, probably college was 
I, I don't. I, I may have. I think I tried it once and never again. I was that but spoiled kid. I was going to say, college is acceptable. It's acceptable to drink Canadian mist in college as long as you're not 21 yet. <laughs> right. And I think that was the, I think that was the, uh, the problem. Because I was... 18, 19, 21 college student, it's okay. Yeah. Once I turned, I, I lived at home and went to college and I worked. So I, I was a weird college kid. I'd show up with, with Crown Royal to parties and they're like drinking mm-hmm. cases of Natty Light. And I'm like... I spent Same. more on this like, bottle I, than I, you spent on all of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I lived on campus, but I, I had a job too, and most of my friends didn't work through college. Um, so yeah, I, I would always show up with good whiskey or beer, and like you said, they're always drinking natty. That was all they bought. If I was yeah. buying beer, like the cheapest thing I ever bought was Budweiser. Usually it was Corona, um, and they're like damn money bags i'm like well get you a job too and you can <laughs> and the thing is it ain't even expensive i paid like five dollars more for a whole case of budweiser than you did for your natty light yeah to it's en- not to enjoy it that much to different enjoy it quite a bit more yeah that's that's one thing i i definitely have not had since college but i lived on it for years mm-hmm. before i was 21 was natty light because i i never yeah. went the fake id route i just drink what other people could get so pre-21 yeah. Natty Light was. <laughs> I, I had a fake ID. I had a fake ID, but it was only good enough to get me in the bar. It wasn't good enough to buy alcohol with mm. in the gas station where it's all lit up really well, you know. So I, I, I tried to do it once, and the guy was like, "Nah, I don't think so. It doesn't look like you. The eyebrows are different. It goes on like a couple other things." I'm like sitting here trying to argue with him, and I just gave up. Luckily, he didn't keep my ID. Though. I got <laughs> he let me take it, that- so I, I could still go to the bar. I, I think the fear of rejection was what kept me from getting a fake ID. It's like I couldn't stand the embarrassment of being like, nah, this ain't you. I, I only got turned down at the bar one time with the fake ID, and luckily I was, I was trying to walk in by myself. I wasn't with a group of people. Well, there, I had a group of friends inside the bar already. So, you know, the dude never let me in. I was like, yeah, I couldn't make it. Sorry. <laughs> I remember the the funniest thing I remember with IDs is going to see Team America with a couple of my friends and we were all 17 and it was rated R you had to show your ID to get your ticket uh, and me and one other buddy we had our driver's licenses my other friend didn't get a driver's license so he didn't have ID he was old enough so I went up there I bought my ticket they showed up, he went up to buy his ticket, and they said, you can't buy the ticket. So I went up again, and they're like, you already bought one. I'm like, no, nah, that must have been my twin brother. They didn't go for it. I was just, <laughs> uh, I was mortified. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. I, I'd be so upset if I couldn't go watch a movie because right. I forgot my ID. Yeah, and it was it was silly because it's like okay, and we showed them. We actually pulled out our high school IDs, like showing we were in the same class, and they're like, "Nah, it doesn't matter." Yeah, it's like yeah, that seems like a dick move on the movie theater part. Yeah, that's how I feel. I, I was just thinking if I was you know checking tickets, I'd be like, right, "That's good enough for me." Whatever, go ahead. It's because it's not like like what what are the consequences of letting that happen, right? Yeah, like, and and this kid, still my friend, he's like six five, three hundred pounds. Like, he's big enough. Just, <laughs> you know, yo, that, that's crazy. Like, being tall helps you so much in, in that regard. Like, I, I had a friend who, whenever we were in college, 
you know, we're, we're freshmen in college, and this dude walks into the gas station, buys beer, never gets caught in no matter what. He's like, does, can't even grow a real beard, but he's like six <laughs> four, and he's kind kind of going bald a decent amount. But yeah, could, couldn't grow a beard to save his life. Has a baby face, but he's tall and his hair is starting to fall out. So I was like, oh, you must be good. <laughs> That's that's the key. Not that it's a problem with me, as you can see. But uh, hey, it, 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 it is with me. Let me let me take my hat off. So my my hair's been falling out too for a long time, and it never helped me because I'm only five ten. So <laughs> well, if you if you're gonna start balding, balding at like age eighteen, while maybe has its downside, you'll also never get carded. I feel. <laughs> So if you if you had you know, to pick I, an I age like, to start losing your hair, <laughs> I, I actually used to. Whenever I used to go to the bar, if it was a bar that doesn't card everyone at the door, and you could just go in there and they card you at the, I never used to get carded ever because I, you know, I was going bald, and I could also I've been able to grow like a full full ass beard since I was like nineteen. And but yeah, trying to go to the gas station, well, it wasn't working. Yeah, no, the uh, even, I, even with the beard, I I got carded heavily into my late 20s and then i just fell off a cliff <laughs> the years of alcohol abuse caught up with me <laughs> i went from looking like i was 18 when i was in my late 20s to looking like i was 40 in my late 20s early 30s <laughs> i i look like pretty close to the same as i did whenever i was like in my late teens early 20s i mean my my beard's a little fuller my hair's a little bit missing but I remember one time I was I used to work at this restaurant and I, I was a server. I was like 19 and this dude who was a cook there, he was asking me how old I was and <clears throat> I'm sitting here telling him I'm 19. And he didn't believe me. He's like, he's like, get the fuck out of here. How old are you really? I'm like, dude, I'm 19. He's like, no, you're not. You're like 25. I'm like, no, I'm not. He's like, show me your fucking ID right now. <laughs> I'm like, here, dude, I'm 19. And he's like, that's fucking crazy. I thought you were way older than that. I was like, damn, do I look that old? He's like, I mean, kind of, but you also just carry yourself like a dude who's in his 20s. But it, now I look pretty much the same. So it, I also have no kids, so that, that helps you age gracefully with no kids, I feel like. Uh, maybe I should shift the blame to them. That, uh, <laughs> that, that's what I would do. Take you alcohol know, off. The... Young. <laughs> <laughs> blame, blame the, the children. How, how, many, how, many, how many nights did you miss out on a good night's sleep because of the kids whenever they were tiny you know I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest with my kids not man like they slept really well really fast <laughs> i'd blame them anyway honestly if it was me. oh yeah of course yeah well it's it's the little thing like last week my son i, I get a phone call from my ex-wife and she's like i'm taking uh james to the emergency room i'm like what and i and now this is actually as i'm about to leave to go do an open mic I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, yeah, I think he broke his arm. I'm like, oh, fuck. And then, of course, they wouldn't even let me in the hospital. Only one right. parent's allowed. So oh, that man. was fun. That's, that's crazy. Like, the that's the worst thing about the COVID thing. Not, maybe not the worst, but one of the worst things. Yeah. Is that, you know, you, you got a loved one in the hospital. So, like, my, my girl had to go to the ER um, a few months ago. And... I had to drop her off at the door. They wouldn't let me come in. And and she's in like excruciating pain. And um, 
I don't know if she'll care that I tell anyone this, but she she had an ovarian cyst, right? Mm. And so those those are like fairly common in women, and when if they burst, which is what happened, like mm. it's it'll kill you if you don't go to the hospital. Yeah, um, she was had like severe internal bleeding, and like that was that that shit killed me to just have to. I'm just like I love you. Everything's gonna be okay. Bye. <laughs> yeah, it, it's all. And luckily, you know, the good thing with a broken arm, you know, obviously it's not. He's conscious. I he was able to FaceTime me and all that. Yeah, yeah. Although I pissed off, I didn't know he was in a shared room, and I didn't know the nurse was in the room with him. I was FaceTiming him, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's eight, so maybe this joke was inappropriate. But um, they gave him like a fentanyl nasal spray to help <laughs> with the pain. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, buddy, take some of those good drugs, steal them for me. And he <laughs> laughed hysterically. This is a kid with a broken wrist. And he laughed hysterically. He thought it was hilarious. The nurse did not find it very funny. <laughs> Nor did the yeah. other family in the room that I didn't, I didn't know they were there. <laughs> well, I think as a fellow comedian, and especially someone who, like, you've seen some of my cartoons, I think nothing is off limits. <laughs> Like, like everything is funny, no matter what it is. Like, everything is funny, even if it's not funny. There's, a, there's an element of humor there. You just have to look for it. And, yeah. you know, some of, us, some of us just have stronger senses of humor than others. Whenever I, I was in the hospital, when I had my first heart attack, I was in the hospital for almost a week. Mm. And I have four brothers. We're all super close in age, so we all like to be assholes to each other. And we're, like, best friends, right? We're, we're making jokes about my situation while oh, I'm yeah. laying in the hospital bed. <laughs> not knowing what's going to happen long term like how how long am I going to be here what's my prognosis am I going to live is my heart going to be good enough for the next year like I don't know I don't know nothing all I know is I had a heart attack while they're like running all these blood tests and this and that and taking every tests every day and we're making jokes about it and the nurses are just giving us like these looks of oh my god I can't what is wrong with y'all and I just wanted to like give it right back. Well, I didn't because they're the nurses taking care of me, so I was nice to them. But I wanted to be like, <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? This shit is funny. <laughs> like, get a sense of humor. <laughs> well, there, there's two, there's multiple ways to deal with anything, but choosing to make jokes and laugh, I feel like is the best. Maybe. That's how I feel. That's <laughs> how, and, 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 and even if it's, I don't know. My, my thing is, and I tell people all the time, the analogy I always use is like, if your dog died yesterday, that's not funny. But if Maybe he ran in front of that car because you're a shitty owner. Yeah, or you can, or you make a joke about the uh, a bad callback. Well, then you know he was probably allergic to peanut butter. Uh, you shouldn't. Have. <laughs> yeah, you know. So it's like it, it just you know <laughs> to each their own. I, I think everything is funny as long as it's actually funny. So I guess I should say I think like every topic is funny. Um, hey, I made I'm a just, I made a crying kid in the hospital laugh. I don't care if I offended. That's great. That's great. Yeah, that's amazing. And you know, like w- one of my favorite quotes ever uh, is from Richard Pryor, and I don't want to butcher the quote too bad, so you're gonna have to look it up, everyone, after you listen to the podcast. But the quote is essentially, "Comedy rules. E- everything is okay to talk about. There's there's no rules when you're up there. You can say anything you want as long as it's funny. But if it's not funny, shut up and get the fuck off the stage. Yeah." And that's how I feel. Like, as long as you're funny, you can talk about any topic, no matter what it is. Yeah, I, I think, uh, and fortunately, one one thing I, I think is funny is a lot of times people talk a lot about cancel culture and all that. Mm-hmm. As bad as it is, sure, in some avenues, I still feel like you can get on stage and say 
pretty much anything as long as you are trying definitely. to be funny. Definitely, definitely. That's the thing. So too many people do it for shock value, right? Right. And there's nothing funny about that. And you can tell when someone does it for shock value. There, there's a there's a certain authenticity there whenever you have someone who's really funny and talking about these things and doing a good job doing it. Like you even look at like like Louis C.K. talks about taboo things. I mean, he got kind of canceled for other reasons. Yeah, not, not for comedy. Not, though. <laughs> not, not for comedy. And you look at like someone like Andrew Schultz right now who is like blowing up and he's killing it. He's, he's probably my favorite comedian to come out in the whole last decade. Um, and he talks about everything, anything and everything, and he makes it super funny because he's not, you know, out there trying to bring up these topics for shock value. They're like well thought out jokes. He's a naturally funny person. And then, you know, you have so many people who also, there's a lot of comedians and you probably see it all the time too. There's a lot of comedians who are actually not funny people, but they know how to write comedy jokes and tell yeah. them on stage. And when, when they do that, like you can tell who's actually funny and who's not, especially as a comedian, the audience may not, it may not resonate with them sometimes, but especially when you have someone like that, who's not a naturally funny person doing those kind of jokes, they damn near always come across as shock value jokes instead of an authentic, well-written, well thought out, funny joke. So if you're going to do that, as far as I'm concerned, you deserve to get canceled because the comedy stage is no place for people who aren't funny. Right. No, and that, that's I, – I like to uh, – I like to shock people but not in offensive way. But I, I do it – yeah. but yeah, not, not dropping yeah. racial things and stuff like that. And it's funny, the, uh, the comedian – I'm a late bloomer as far as I didn't even start doing stand-up until this year. Uh, and I'm 34 and I didn't listen. I I wasn't obsessed with stand up until probably seven, eight years ago. And it was because I listened to Doug Stanhope and I'd heard stand up comedy before. Okay. You know, the, you know, a lot of the older stuff. My dad showed me, uh, Carlin and Pryor and my mom showed me Bill Cosby uh, but I listened to Stanhope, and he and I don't know how familiar you are with him, but he's just he talks about issues that are serious, and he makes them funny. He's yeah. not, I mean, he'll 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 you know he would offend a lot of people, I'm sure. And he even <laughs> says like, uh, if you're not familiar with me, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to check him out. Cause I'm not, I'm not very familiar with him, but I think one thing that's you know very odd is that if you look at media in general so so comedy tv music everything we were on a trajectory for the entire history of the united states of being more and more and more acceptable and pushing the envelope more and more and more until about probably i think it kind of started around like 2013 14 15 whenever everyone started to get like super pc about things and now it's like you have these people who, like, every, every now and again, someone will bring up on the internet a, a movie that was offensive and try to make a big deal out of it. Or Yeah, guess, Tropic like, Thunder. You know, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was the first thing that came to my mind, too. First of all, I love that movie. But then, you, you know, you'll have someone who, like, tried to cancel, like, they want to cancel Eminem, like, these new generation of kids. And it's like, like our, our generation, like, we didn't, we didn't support Eminem and whatever he was saying and doing whatever he wanted to do so that these chumps now can cancel him, right? Right. Like, that, that, that was shit we had to fight for. Um, like, I didn't, like, personally do it, but, you know, I was listening to him, and I bought his music and supported him through all this whenever I, we were watching his albums get steamrolled in the street, right? 
and and other and other rappers too. N.W.A. That same stuff. Ice T. Like, like these, these dudes didn't do all this and go through all this so that these like weirdos now can can start canceling artists for saying whatever they want to say. You know, and so I, I think like as, as long as you're not out here. You know, there's a certain line to be drawn with, you know, what you say, but that's only when it comes to like, not things that are offensive, but things that are uh, spewing hate or getting people riled up to, you know, back a bad message, whatever it may be, things like that. But like, to just say stuff in a song that you might not like, or maybe he says like the other F word (laughs) in a song, which, you know, it's like, which how many thousands of times let's face it i think we're close to the same age how many thousands of times did us and our friends use that word not ever intending for it to be disparaging to right homosexuals i mean never that's that's such a that's such a kind of and like i I watch my mouth about it now especially because like i have so many uh friends and a lot of acquaintances i I got a few friends but so many acquaintances that if if you know if if you're feeling a certain type of way, if I use this word, I'm not going to use it. It's as simple that as simple as being a good human being. Yeah, but yeah. We ne- we never used it in a way that was like, like you said, towards homosexuals. It was more so if like you're being a jackass right now, right? Right. And and that's what it was. But you know, it is you know the history of that word is kind of shaky. So if you know if, if a certain group of people feels a certain way about it, then I'm not going to use it anymore. And so for me, it's pretty simple. But at, at the same time, like. I have gay friends who use it, and yes, <laughs> but but they use it in like a really derogatory way sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no. Sometimes they use it like I've I've heard like my gay friends like especially if so like we're we're in a place with a lot of people right. So it's like gay person and they're trying to get their attention of their friends of their other gay friends, and then they use it to be funny because it's sometimes it's funny to use words in a derogatory way under the certain context, right? Um, especially if you are in that, uh, category, like if you're gay, it's some gay people think it's funny to use it towards other gay people in a way that's not like it's, it's derogatory, but it's not, it's not hateful. Right. Right. And, and, and that's funny. Um, so, and, and I think there's so many other things like that. And honestly, like I'm for it. If you, if you are a comedian and you want to say whatever you want on stage, I'm all for it. But you also got to know that there are consequences sometimes. Like, right. I, I'm for for the listeners who aren't seeing video. Like, I'm white. I do not use the N word on stage. That's right. like lunacy to me. But I'm not opposed to other people doing it as long as they're funny. But at the same time, it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna roll the dice and say the N word on stage as a white comedian, you also <laughs> have to be prepared for whatever consequence comes with that. And if if you're not funny when you do it, that's the end of your career. Um, like there's, the, yeah. only, the only white person I've ever seen do it well is Louis C.K. Um, <clears throat> but he's such so, a comedy genius. I mean, he is. He's, he's a genius. He's 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 like as as good at writing comedy as you even can be. Yeah. So for me, it's like something I don't even. It doesn't even cross my mind. Like. Like, do you know how funny you have to be to get away with saying that? You have to be so funny that you can almost make a person's head explode. That's how funny you have to be to get away with saying the N-word as a white comedian. 
And and some people would disagree and say you can't even say it then. And and that's okay too to have that opinion. I'm not here to fight. That's that's just my opinion. I don't say it. I'm not going to. Right. But I'm not funny <laughs> enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, another thing is too, I love taking risks, but that's not one I'm willing to take. I I was close to I, I had a joke, I was workshopping and it was so long I I can't I, I couldn't say it accurately now because I'd butcher it and it, it would have been extremely offensive still yeah. but I was gonna say I was I was riff I it was a joke about the they a lot of times they're like uh, he he dropped a hard R mm-hmm. and I was gonna be like oh man I dropped a hard R I, I hit and I was gonna <laughs> and I was gonna say I was saying retard not the n-word yeah, yeah, yeah. so I was I was dropping the uh, I was going the other direction I'm like mm. but Somebody could get. I'm not. That's the one word I, I hate to say it. I probably shouldn't say it on my podcast of all places, but that's one word that I it still slips out frequently. Retard. Yeah. I. I it's just like it's. I don't know. It's just the word I used all the time. It's very hard. It's very hard because if you have a friend who's being a retard, what are you supposed to call him? Right. Well, you know what's hilarious? On I was watching. So my son and I were shut in for two weeks, and we went on a binge of watching The Office. And he's eight, so it's a little, sometimes a little questionable for him. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an episode. I've been watching South Park religiously since I was seven. Your son will be fine. Oh, I started showing him South Park too, but I have to be really specific on the episode. You got to be selective with the episodes on that one. I showed him Scott Tennerman must die. Oh yeah, and it's all great except for the horse who's given a blowjob to a scarecrow <laughs> with a carrot penis. Right. It's like I'm hoping he just ignores that. Yeah. All right. Um, but, um, uh, oh yeah, so The Office, the gay witch yeah, hunts the episode, the office, yeah. and, uh, mm-hmm. he calls, uh, the, the episode starts and Toby's talking to him because he called Oscar the, the F word, and they blurt out that word mm-hmm. every time, or they, they just blanked it, you know, yeah. um, and then at one point he says, I'm trying to remember how he said it, but I don't, I wouldn't call a retarded person a retard. I call someone who's acting retarded. But the funny thing is Comedy Central, they blurt, they blurt out retard every time, except for when he said a retarded person, they did not blur that out. And I'm like, I've noticed that Comedy Central bleeps that now. And they, yeah, I've noticed it like whenever I watch South Park in the daytime. Like they let it slide after a certain time at night and stuff, but yeah, they believe everything in the daytime now. Yeah, I just thought I thought it was funny. My son's sitting there, and I don't think he's ever heard the the f word to yeah. my knowledge. He's eight. I mean, it's not in the vernacular anymore, really. Yeah, yeah, uh, really. He's heard he's retard like, because he lives with me. Here's <laughs> <laughs> something I find interesting about bleeping retard on television. They say fuck on cable now. Mm-hmm. So why, why, why are we bleeping retard, but we're not bleeping fuck and shit? Yeah, it's been a while since I've heard ch- like shits o- open market everywhere. 
Yeah. I think they can say that on on regular yeah, like NBC type things now. Yeah, it's like yeah, they they say shit every now and again on, on uh what's I guess that'd be network TV. But yeah, yeah, cable they say fuck. They say fuck on on Comedy Central sometimes. Mm-hmm. FX. FX um, all the time, yeah. FX FX loves to say fuck. Yeah. Um, well, I love uh, Dave. Uh, do you do you watch Dave? I I've seen a couple episodes. Um it is a really good show. I just, you know, I don't, I don't watch a ton of TV outside of like I, I love, I, I watch the cartoons that I like. You know, I watch South Park, Rick and Morty, Solar Opposites. Rick and Morty is so good. <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't like to make time for new shows because I don't like to spend too much time in front of the TV. And I'm a diehard NBA fan, and when the NBA season's going on, I watch enough basketball to where I gotta, I gotta make up for lost productivity the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so. Let, let let me ask you. Um, so you've got uh, so many things going on, mm-hmm. and uh, this is this is probably just asking for free advice. So, <laughs> I so I started last year. I started writing a couple screenplays, uh, a, a, a pilot idea for for a, a sitcom. Uh, I don't know if a sitcom's the right word, but anyways, I was writing it. And it, I, in my head, a, a lot of it was dark comedy, but mm-hmm. missing the comedy. Yeah. So, so I reached out to a bunch of comedians, and unanimously, there were three things they said. Just do it, uh, do stand-up, and start a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, what's the, find your voice. You, you, you find funny yeah. if you, yeah, if you yeah, go up stage and do stand-up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So so now here I am for the last 6 months. Yeah, about 6 months I've had the podcast going, uh stand up I've been doing, uh still working on the screenplays and stuff. Uh, I just uh joined uh uh my podcast listeners won't know about this yet, but I just jo- uh agreed to join a guy who does a YouTube comedy sketch show that's nice. fastly growing. Um so I I feel like I've got a gazillion balls in the air. Um, yeah. You seem similar. So, so uh, long-winded question is uh, uh, what, uh, I guess, do you prioritize one or the other? Is it kind of whatever mood you're in decides what you work on at that time? Or how how do you work through, I mean, you've got a lot going on. I, I like to... I like to do stuff for my coffee business during the daytime mm-hmm. because that's more of, for, for me, it's like personable people that I got to communicate with and I need to be in like a really clear headspace for that. Um, and then, you know, in, in the afternoon, once the sun starts to set, I, I like to work on the comedy stuff. And But also there's some days where, you know, the schedule's kind of flipped. Like you mentioned, it's a lot of sometimes it just goes what you're feeling sometimes you're in a creative zone and you need to express that and get it out so if i feel like i need to work on the coffee but i'm in a really creative zone sometimes maybe i'll just jump in into the comedy stuff or maybe i maybe i want to write stand up for 30 minutes even you don't have to like make a whole day of it or even 20 minutes of writing um so it's a lot of mood and and what what is the priority like so it's you know is is your youtube show is that something is is that something that's going to be dropping in two days and you have to make sure that gets done. So it's a lot of, you know, what's, what's the priority and what, what's, what your mood is. Um, but honestly, that that's tough to answer for somebody else. Cause I think we all got to find our own balance in here and not everyone's going to work the same, but it's, 
if you're in a creative zone, let it flow. And what's your schedule like? What's your release schedule for your podcast, the release schedule for the YouTube show? Um, and, and honestly, it took me a while to find balance in, in all this. There, there was a long period of time where if, if you don't find the balance, it, you'll all, everything will suffer. All, all your projects you're working on will suffer. So, and, and a big part of, for me, of that for me is I like to ha- have my morning routine. So I, I wake up early in the morning, I meditate, I do Wim Hof breathing, then I hit the gym. And then I do like a, make sure I do a handful of things for the coffee company. Like make, make sure my orders are going out to the right place and make sure this and that is in line for my customers, right? And and then that then, then I have kind of an open window where I kind of do whatever I want. A- after like 11 a.m., I'm pretty much doing whatever I want for the next three hours of the day. And... But when I say do whatever I want, I'm not like slacking off. <laughs> like I'm, I'm finding right. something to work on, right? So, but that that that's my window of time where whatever I feel like working on, which is usually the coffee stuff, because like I, the daytime it's kind of a little bit more of a priority for me. And then, and you know, I do like other sales things, or whatever. My schedule is kind of like. I'm usually doing podcast interviews at two o'clock in the afternoon a lot, or, you know, talking to other people who, you know, have podcasts and things like that. It's a lot of, a lot of net, I have like a networking window. Right. So, so I would say for me, it's like when, when I wake up in the morning, the things I don't want to miss out on, on my day at all. I I don't want to miss out on meditating. I don't want to miss out on the breathing and I don't want to miss out on the workout. Uh, I I don't want to miss out on, um, making sure my customers are taken care of for the coffee, making sure the orders and everything's in line with that. And that's flowing smoothly. So I, I think you've got to <clears throat> find, make a list of all the things you want to get done every day. So if, if that's like, I want to spend 30 minutes writing stand up every day, I want to spend 30 minutes tweaking the podcast. So, so find out what your non-negotiables are, right? and then work around those. So I think that's the easiest way to get started with balancing everything out. Find the things that you won't compromise on, make sure those are taken care of. And I feel like everything else will kind of take care of itself because whenever the things that you have to take care of or or like have to take care of even for yourself, things you really want to take care of, it it, it gives you more energy. It gives you more more clarity on on the things that aren't as important. So I, I would say just prioritize the things that are most important to you and make sure those things are getting done and everything else will kind of fall into place. And, and then also the things that you have to, you know, make sure you want to want to do and make time for, then those things don't suffer, right? And so so then you're, you're doing this every day. So your podcast is going to keep being great. Your stand-up is going to keep being great. Your YouTube show is going to keep being great because you're working on those every day because they're important to you. And then the things that are less important, if if they suffer then you just have to figure out how to correct those things and not all these things because you didn't, you know, find your balance. But it took me a while to figure out how to stay balanced with everything because you're not only working nonstop, you have a life. Like, how do I find balance between working on all this and especially because it's easy to get caught up because I love what I do. I love doing comedy. I love making cartoons. I love growing this coffee business. And I'm sure you feel the same. Like, I know you love doing stand-up. You probably love doing the podcast. You probably love doing... so. You know, you just gotta f- find that balance and don't don't let those things suffer that you, that you love, and make sure the things you love to do and that you have to do, if those are taken care of, everything else will take care of itself. But yeah, finding balance with business and personal, 
took me a while to kind of find that balance also, but it's kind of one of those <laughs> things in like, like, so I don't know if your kids live with you or your ex-wife, but you have, you know, your window for your kids and your window for this, this, and this. And even though it's kind of hard to figure out at first, you know, it's possible because there's people doing more than us <laughs> with more obligations, right. you know? And that's kind of how I look at it. I was like, okay, if this person can figure it out, this person has kids and even more responsibilities than me and they're doing more than me. So I can figure out how to do what I need to do. And so, yeah, just try and find your balance. It's an interesting, uh, it, it is an interesting balance. I think I'm getting better at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is fine. Like, uh, again, the reason I even started the podcast, which I love doing it. it it's yeah. fun. to Like, it, it's just a fun thing to do. It's not yeah, that yeah, hard sure. to, to sit and <laughs> yeah. talk to somebody, you know, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's a pretty easy thing to do. Uh, and I don't, I, I, to be quite honest and, and people who listen to the podcast are probably like, yeah, we know, uh, I don't really <laughs> go back and listen to it or edit yeah. it very yeah. rarely. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, I don't want to rehab, like, just yeah. put it out. I, yeah, yeah, send it, send it out raw. We like it like that. Yeah, that, so that's my style with that. So so it's easy, it's fun. Um, but I, I noticed when I started doing, in February, the podcast and stand-up, I completely, mm. uh, completely stopped writing for three months. And it's like, well, yeah. hey, the reason I started doing this stuff is because I wanted to get better at writing, Writing yeah. is the, the number one <laughs> right, right, thing, yeah. and I've ignored it for three months because I've been mm-hmm. focused on these. Um, so, yeah, it is. I think I'm getting better at it where I do try to carve out just, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. I'm going to yeah. just sit. I can have a drink and just type mm-hmm. type yeah. away. and mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I, I'll tell you the other tool that, that helped. Uh, voice memos on your phone. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> I will randomly just be like, whoop, nope, I got an idea. Just start talking mm-hmm. for 45 minutes. Yeah, you have to do that, especially as a stand-up comedian. Yeah. You don't always have access to – I mean, you you do have access to it, but it takes too long to write jokes out, mm-hmm. especially on your phone. Oh, and yeah. So you got to get it out. So you just got to – voice memos are, are lifesavers and your, your greatest tool as a comedian. Yeah, no, it's uh that 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 was a a big key. And then I started realizing in a lot of my things uh I well, this is just a real recent development is it's like, huh, this idea I had for stand up, maybe this one thing wasn't working, this mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. But I could work it into a sketch or mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. and I I'm an open micer, you know. So mm-hmm. so as far as doing stand up, Telling a story in five minutes, difficult, difficult to do. I, the very first time I went up to do stand-up, I had a story that was probably like a 15-minute bit with all the jokes in. Yeah. But to get from A to Z, I had to strip out about all the jokes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went yeah. up, and I got no laughs for three minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I got a few laughs in the last couple minutes. But I went back, and thankfully, this was the only time I had someone who I knew in the audience, mm. and they recorded it for me. I watched it. I'm like, well, no wonder I didn't get any laughs. I didn't make any jokes. I was telling yeah. a story. They were listening. It was fine. Yeah. But that's on me. That's not on me. <laughs> <laughs> right. For and sure. it, look, it's not, you know, if if I had an hour like Mike Berbiglia, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> right, he'll go it's, five it's, minutes without with making jokes. a joke. <laughs> yeah, as, as long as you started with jokes, you you can do jokes and then have a 
segment where you're telling a story that takes a while to get to the last. You just, as long as you hook them early, yeah, and, and, and let them know you're funny, because otherwise they're sitting there waiting for you to be funny. Then they get impatient. Then they think you're not funny. Then oh, even the... when you are funny, they <laughs> think you're less funny than you are. I should I should tell you. Uh... The first joke I made in that set, because I did make a joke that fell flat, <laughs> and uh, I'm now repurposing that joke mm-hmm. into uh, a sketch I'm writing. <laughs> mm-hmm. nice. Where, where, uh, well, I, I won't, I won't say it on the podcast because it will probably be weeks, but I'll tell you afterwards no, if you want. <laughs> send me the link on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Well, it when out. it when it comes, out, yeah, it, it's uh, it's uh, it's funny though. It's like that joke. I still think it's funny. But nobody else did, and it fits this sketch idea very well, where I'm just, you know what's hard, which it shouldn't be, but maybe this just means I'm I'm decent at it, is writing, intentionally writing a stand-up comedian bombing Mm -hmm. is really hard to do. I would argue it's harder than being funny, (laughs) is writing jokes that you know are going to bomb. Yeah. But but it's part of the sketch. It's intentional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's funny. But it's like, ooh, this is hard to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm coughing so much. Um Before I let you go, I want you to, to give your plugs and everything. Before I do that, I got a weird question for you. Lay it on me. Uh so you were twenty. I I've asked this question to a few people. You were 20, you had your first heart attack. What, how did, I don't even know how to ask the question right. How did it feel? What was, what was going, like, what goes through your head? At 20, you can't expect a heart attack. And I I woke up on a Sunday morning, my right arm was like dead. Like, like the nerve, the main nerve that runs through it felt like it was pinched. Like maybe I slept on it wrong. That was what I thought. I thought I slept on it wrong. I got up and walked it off. Laid Mm. back down, came back. Then my chest kind of started hurting. It wasn't like super intense. I almost went to work that day. Mm. Um, but then I was like, my chest is hurting. It's kind of on fire. It's like pressure. My right arm hurts. I'm like, these are the symptoms of a heart attack, but I can't be having a heart attack. I'm fucking 20 years old. I don't even, I don't even do anything. Like every time I tell someone I had a heart attack at 20, they're like, were you addicted to Coke? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, not, not only did I not do drugs, I like, I pretty much didn't even smoke weed then. Um, like probably like three times ever in my life at that point, maybe, maybe like five at most and like ate pretty healthy. So I'm just like, I'm not having a heart attack. What the fuck is going on with me? And it just kept getting worse and worse. So I'm like, okay, I don't know what's wrong with me, but something's wrong with me. I need to go to the hospital. And so I went to the hospital and obviously the pain just kept getting worse and worse. These fools had me in the waiting room for like two hours. Cause they're like, Oh, this dude's 20. He's just having chest pain. He's probably got a heartburn or some shit. Yeah. He's here for nothing. So they kept me out there forever. <laughs> and you know, so I'm in pain this whole time. I'm just like sitting here, like just wanting to pass out, um, like exhausted. My face is like white, like a ghost. And they finally admit me. They run some tests. I don't really tell them anything. So then they had to put a catheter in my leg and look like follow this artery, like up inside my heart and look in my heart. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you're having a heart attack. And it turns <laughs> out when you're having a heart attack, there's nothing you can do about it. They don't stop it. You can't stop a heart attack from happening. All you can do is, like, monitor them and, like, give them pain medicine, give them morphine. Jesus. But I, my heart attack literally lasted, like, 20 hours. Wow. But I didn't, I didn't feel it after I, they admitted me because I was on morphine the, as soon as they told me I was having a heart attack. But 
yeah, so it was, it was right arm her chest pain. Then it was felt like it was on fire pressure. So it was kind of a weird feeling. It's almost even hard to explain. Like that doesn't even really explain it that well. Um, but yeah, so it, it was more so just like, it, it was such an unfamiliar pain that I knew something was wrong. Yeah, that's, I, I, and I know that's a weird question and a great, great uh, upbeat story to end the podcast. <laughs> no, honestly, dude, like I, I've, I've had two things that hurt worse than that. But it was like <laughs> r- real shit. Like, but you have, like I said, it's such an unfamiliar pain that my body's like, we don't know what's going on here. This is this is so off. Like, you gotta you gotta go to the hospital. So, but yeah, it's kind of that's the best way I could explain it. Probably heart attacks and uh, COVID cannot stop him. <laughs> Can't stop me. <laughs> uh, Trey, where where can uh, where can people find you on uh, socials? Where do where do you want people to find you? <laughs> uh, all, all my personal socials are at Trenton Hudson. Like I'm most active on Instagram. I don't really use too much else. Um, same with Riot Comedy. Riot Comedy on Instagram. If you want to check out the cartoons, and we haven't posted on there in a little while, but as soon as like we have some other like we're actually working on some really cool stuff, and I just haven't announced it on there because we're kind of waiting on like to make sure it's okay to say stuff about what we're doing. Because um, like these are like partnership kind of projects, right? So we can't just like go announcing stuff without like consent from everybody but um yeah so trenton hudson right comedy uh if you're into the coffee you can go to cormacoffee.com corma with a k um so yeah that, that's where that's where to check everything out all right i'm gonna be putting in an order for the coffee maybe i'll maybe i'll go from 10 cups of coffee to like six and four <laughs> there you go something like that well, well I'll, I'll figure out the good balance <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, uh, Trent, I, I really appreciate your time. Had fun talking to you. and uh, oh, yeah, It was my pleasure, man. Had, had a blast with you today. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. Hey, appreciate you, man. You have a good night. Yeah, you too. And that was it. That was a lovely episode. Thanks to Trenton for his time. Uh, looking forward to uh, seeing uh, his... A uh, new uh, cartoon come out, and uh, I'll be sure to keep my eye out for that. Uh, it's got a good good cast lined up. So that'll do it. Um, whew, if you made it this far, you deserve a, uh, a, a big hug from me. Um, I'm still out of it. I went to a, uh, get, got to see some live music from a local... Uh, local band last night and uh because i still have a uh kenny powers sort of haircut strangers like to come up and talk to me and i ended up smoking weed with some dude in his car in the parking lot um it's not the first time not the last time that that's happened um (laughs) uh shout out to to that guy whose name i cannot remember if i even ever got his name uh and hey if you listen to the podcast and you want to show me some appreciation you know you can't contribute actually to uh the podcast uh through anchor there's a link in the show notes but i also would happily accept a drink you know some weed in your car in the parking lot doesn't need to be in a parking lot specifically but you know wherever we can when do we can do it Without getting uh, getting in trouble, I still don't even know where the hell. I don't actually know what the laws are right now in Florida as far as weed. I think I was in Hillsboro, so I think it was decriminalized there. I think I don't know. 
or nor do I care. Uh, all right. I'm just a law-breaking rebel. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, please follow me on all of the social medias, the Twitters, the Facebooks. Uh, you know, a lot of people watched my YouTube video. Um, well, not a lot of people, but some people watched my YouTube video of the last episode with Zula Monkey, uh, who obviously was a puppet. Um, although, as my children told me, you know, a perfect disguise for an alien would be a puppet. So, you know, maybe maybe she is an alien uh, who happens to have a British accent. <laughs> but I put that video up for obvious reasons. I also don't put videos up on YouTube because a little inside baseball here. You can't make money on YouTube unless you've got a thousand subscribers. So do me a favor. Just go over there and hit the subscribe button there. And uh, if I get to a thousand or even close to it, I'll start putting more videos up so you have the option to listen to it but as it is right now between us i make a you know a little more than a penny every time someone listens to an episode on on these things um and it's not huge money but i'd rather make you know that little that little shekel than uh than uh just put it out on youtube and make nothing so give me a subscribe uh there uh if you ever have a desire for more video content as opposed to solely audio. Uh, and that would go for my stand-up potentially as well as the podcast, of course, uh, or any other fun things I just want to do a video of. So that'll do it. Uh, again, like, subscribe, please share. That's the biggest thing. Comment, all that stuff. Uh, smoke weed if you want to. It's your choice, right? Uh, and that's it. Uh, go do something fun. Bye.